I'm good. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey. Hey. I don't think it's Harry Carey time. <laughs> Let's have a beer. Let's see. Yeah. You already having one though, right? That's true. Yeah, that's great. You're, we're talking to an addiction specialist, and you're going to get drunk. That's... I'm not getting drunk. I'm having a beer. I'm not addicted. <laughs> I don't have a problem. You're not my dad. Shut up. That is exactly what he said right when he says, oh, he says, yeah, since we're talking to an ex- uh, uh, an addiction specialist, I'm going to grab a beer. I'll be right back. And that's when I called you. And three, two, and welcome back to the Metal Hand of God podcast. I am your host, Wayne, and these two fine gentlemen across the seas are. Oh, I guess I'm supposed to go, aren't I? Yes. Hi, I'm Adam. That was the amazing Adam, and I am the rum guy. And we are the most dangerous podcast on the planet. That's does that sounds good. That seemed half-hearted, really. Really, you didn't like that. Yeah, I don't like Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and today we have an amazing guest, Mr. Jason Blackburn, has joined us today on our show. Hello, Jason. Hey, everybody. What's going on? You good. Know, Everything's good. Keeping it real, staying black, fighting the power. You know that stuff. Fight the power. Power to the people. You damn right. Yeah. I gotta say, you've got an amazing last name. I, I, I do. Um, you know, it's it's quite funny. Um, there, there's hits, there's stuff in history books that say many last names came from um, what people did for a living. <laughs> okay. Um, and as it turns out. One of my earliest relatives that uh, uh, came over from England, um, he was a blacksmith in Goliad, Texas. So I don't know if that has to do with the derivation of the name Blackburn, but it kind of makes sense. Well, thank God you said he was a blacksmith and not a Blackburner. 
Yeah, that's where I thought he was going. Me that. too. Me too. I thought he was going to say, oh, I used to blur in black people. That had been terrible. No, no, none of that. None of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I really agree with that because actually my last name translated back to what it is originally. It's means, asshole. Uh, no, it does not mean asshole. <laughs> um, uh, no, that's Barris. Um, <laughs> mine translates into fiddler and my family, uh, part of my family used to make fiddles and violins uh, in the old country. So that's what the name means. Pretty cool. So, Oh, uh, uh, the old country. You thought what? I thought it was because you can't sit still. Oh, he likes to fiddle with his penis. Yeah, there's that too. See, it just it it just transcends. I don't know what mine mine. I mean, I guess because I show my ass, it's bare yeah, ass. That's right. You were a uh, one of the first butt burlesque performers. <laughs> just you, you, your family created the moon. Wow, that's pretty I good. I think his family were the first baristas. Nice. See, Ooh. that's even better. Thank you. Thank you. I like that. I know my first you know, name. My you first know what a barista name. is Wayne. Yeah, it's some idiot that serves coffee. Oh, no, no. that's not what. A didn't didn't you is. didn't you used to own a coffee shop? Yes, sir. I did. Yeah, and you served coffee, right? No, I'm, I roasted coffee. <laughs> so you, your name's not. Well, it could be Blackburn too. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, anyway. Oh, anyway. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jason, Jason, tell us, yes. tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, um, and just tell us the story. Let's start at the beginning. You were a small child. You were left alone, uh, alone in the room in the dark. Go. Uh, okay. <laughs> How do you or know so much about me already? Um, research. Anyway, um, we research. No. Uh, uh, so my name is Jason Blackburn. Um, I am a person in long-term recovery. Um, what that means to me is that I have not had to use a mind-altering substance in over uh, eight years and nine months. Um, awesome. What that allows me to do is be a better employee, a better brother, um, a better friend, um, and uh, a better, more productive member of society. What what puts you on on this this track? I mean, what 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 was the big? I, I may is this too personal? I don't know. No, uh, um, Wayne and I had already talked about this. I'm actually very open, um, so feel free to ask me any questions. I'm I'm more than happy to answer any questions that you might have. Um, the, the, the moment, uh, I, I have a lot of friends of mine that have been, um, had hard patch, hard patches, uh, through their lives and, uh, uh, turned their lives around as well. And, and, and there always seems to be, uh, whether it's a, uh, whether it be a tragedy or just, um, just epiphany, you know, uh, what was your, um, what was your what was your trigger? What was what was the moment that that you decided? You know what? This is this is I, I can't do this anymore. I need to change this. Well, um, it, it's the the funny way in in which I relate it um, is uh, it, it got back to me many years after I was already sober that um, 
a lot of my friends used to think of me as their own personal Chris Farley. Um, and when I when I found out about this, I thought it was kind of funny because at at the end, um, I was pretty much living in a van down by the river. Um, <laughs> except it was a 30-foot fifth wheel trailer by a canal in a trailer park in a very seedy part of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I I had no running water, no electricity, uh, um, but I was still managing to stay employed. Um, my two-week paychecks averaged 110 to 120 hours um, on a paycheck over five different pay scales. Um, And it was all the money that I was making. And this was in a restaurant. Um, All the money that I was making was going back out to fuel my addictions. Um, And one... At, at that particular point in time, everybody um, that was around me at that point in time in my life, all my family, loved ones, and everything, they had they had finally set up their boundaries and decided to love me from a distance. Um, so they basically closed their doors, um, and. There was one night, uh, I was about to actually start at start on the opening crew of a new restaurant, semi-fine dining, uh, was going to be a waiter, was probably going to be averaging $200 a night in tips, like I thought I had it made, so of course, being the good addict that I was, it was time to celebrate, um, and I, I got off at noon on uh, June 19th of 2008 and started drinking. Um, Later on that evening, um, I I had run into a friend of mine. Um, You know, the, the, the drinking progressed throughout the evening. I ended up drinking... It was about 12 hours straight, um, and I was pulled over for for what should have been, for all intents and purposes, um, my fourth offense, DWI. Um, for whatever reason, the first one that I had ever gotten, um, it just no longer appears on my record anywhere. Like, it doesn't exist, and it still mystifies me, but... Knock on wood, you know, I'm not asking any questions. Um, right. So uh, I went to jail. Um, I spent, I knew nobody was bailing me out. Um, at that point, um, I had already been going through some crisis of conscience where um, at night when I would try to, you know, put my head down. Um, to go to bed, I would, uh, you know, lay down, and it, it, to me, and this, you know, may 
sounds strange, but this is what it felt like to me. It felt like somebody was grabbing me by the ankles and swinging me from side to side um, inside the bedroom of my trailer. And the only way I could get it to stop uh, was to flip over on my back and, you know, cry out to God um, or whomever was listening. Um, say, I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. Please make it stop. I'll never do it again. And of course, I would repeat the cycle. Um, sure. And until that night I was arrested. Um, go back to being in jail. I knew nobody was bailing me out. So I was like, okay, you know, this is it. Um, when I finally really truly came to uh, in the holding cell um, I I had a moment where I was just kind of sitting there looking out at everything that was going on and I had you know an epiphany if you will of like you know I I had no idea who the hell I was anymore um I came from a good family. I uh, went to Catholic school all my life. Um, I'm an Eagle Scout. Um, wow. And I had I had no clue who the hell I was anymore. Um, and I knew that at that point already that if I got out of jail and continued doing what I was doing... Um, I would be dead very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I put my mind to um, doing whatever it took to make some sort of a change. I didn't know what that change would be. I just knew I had to make a change. Um, while I was in jail, um, a couple of the guards had... I became cool with a couple of the guards. There was this one guy they called Cowboy. Um, he he wore a, uh, he actually wore a cowboy hat. <laughs> um, it was uniform regulation cowboy hat, and I had been asking him about the the AA meeting in the East Baton Rouge Jail, and there was never any room. Well, one night there was, I guess somebody was sick or I don't know what happened. He called me up to the front of the cell um, and he asked me if I wanted to go to the meeting. I was like, sure. You know, I went to the meeting. Um, the gentleman from the local uh, 12-step community um, had a couple of uh, big books uh, to give out, like three of them. I was able to get my hands on a copy, um, and I started reading it while I was spending my night, you know, at night while I was locked up. Um, and I found great, great solace um, in in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, but that was that was my path. I'm not, you know. Um, I mean, it's a, it's it, it. It sounds like it. Where when 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 this all started for you? Was there a 
it, it, how how long uh, had you been on the uh, let's call it the broken road? How how long were you? Okay. Um, so alcohol had always been a part of my family. Um, you know, um, ever since I was a little kid, I can remember being um, special meals, um, Easter dinner. Christmas dinner or whatever it was um, when I was very young um, I'd get like half a glass of wine um, but I can even remember back then um, you know I'd drink that half a glass of wine and just something would come over me like I'd get this weird feeling in the back of my cheek and I always wanted more even back then um, and I had a I had an older brother. He's like eight and a half years older than me. Um, so when he got older, uh, you know, when I would hang out with him and his buddies or whatever, like I could I could do whatever the hell I wanted to do. Um, and but the the defining moment I would have to say. Um, was, you know, I, w I went through high school, started experimenting and, and doing different stuff. And, um, uh, you know, dabbling here, dabbling there with different drugs and, of course, still drinking. And, um, but in... May of 1999, uh, my mother woke me up to a phone call. Um, my best friend in the in the world um, had died of a heart heart attack three weeks before his 23rd birthday. Jesus. Um, we graduated from high school together. Um, and he was, he was always the picture of health. Um, he was a tuba player in high school. He ended up being the drum major of our high school band. Uh, he was all-state hurdler in track. Um, if you would have stuck him and I in a room with all of our mutual friends and said, which one's going to die first, everybody in the room would have pointed at me yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's a terrible thought. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. You know, it's like y'all are fucked up, friends. <laughs> I get that all. I get that all the time, just primarily because things tend to collapse, explode, and bite me usually. So yeah, well, you get in fucked up situations. That's your fault. But the, you know, the truth isn't always sunshine, roses, and unicorn farts. That's true. Um, so unicorn farts though. When when that yeah. happened, things began to spiral out of control. Um, and, you know, I caught a felony distribution charge, uh, moved up to Baton Rouge, um, caught another DWI, cleaned up my act, caught another DWI right before Katrina, um, 
moved to Mississippi. Katrina happened. Um, the house that I was living in was practically, I mean, it was destroyed. Um, moved back in with my mom and dad. Um, then during that time, I had found out that my mom was re-diagnosed with cancer. Um, mm. And um, this time there was nothing they could do for her. Um, that, that would definitely be a stressor. Yeah, for sure. And, and during that time, um, I just, I, I stayed loaded. Like I, I'd stay, you know, I'd, I'd stay out of the house for days on end, like just doing anything I could to feel anything else, but the natural emotions that were going on in my body. Right, trying to get rid of sadness with other shit. Oh yeah. Um. So that led me to, you know, I I ended up moving to Baton Rouge, and that was the, um. I got that other DWI, which led me going to jail. Um. That, that I had already talked about. Um, got out, started going to um, meetings and doing the deal. Um, well, how was, um, apparently it's going well for you now. I mean, this seems to have helped. Yes. Um, you bet. The... <clears throat> Um, you know, it, it, it hasn't always been easy, um, but it's been simple as long as I get out of, as long as I get myself out of the way. Um, you know, if I, if I let my ego take control, uh, I, I can mess things up real quickly. Um, there was a period of time when I was about three years sober um right right before i turned four years sober um where i walked away from my active recovery um i was i was still sober but i wasn't working any sort of a program um i still had my spirituality um which is a big part of my recovery um and um then uh I had another you know another traumatic experience uh my father had passed away um yeah. shortly thereafter um lost my job and became homeless jeez man um and I was homeless for about ten and a half months um but I ended up after about two and a half months, I made the decision to move back towards my home, which is the New Orleans area, because I had a better network of people. And I couch surfed in a couple of different places for extended periods. And, you know, while I was looking for jobs, then I bounced between a couple of different jobs here and there. 
and then uh, lined up with. Uh, uh, I ended up getting a gig <clears throat> at a local electronic uh, cigarette store. A little shameless plug here: Smoke Signals. Um, <laughs> and they they were amazing people for me. They they saw my desire to work. And they did whatever it took on their end so that I was able to show up and continue to exert that desire to work. Sweet. And I ended up progressing in the company. Um, during that time, I was I had ended up moving in with a friend of mine out mid-city. And I, I, I had known this woman for a long time. I was a hypothetical uncle, two or three children. Um, and um, her husband was uh, incarcerated at the time. He got out, uh, moved back into the home. And October 30, uh, at this time, I still wasn't in any sort of active recovery. Um, we was just kind of white knuckling it, as we call it. And October 31st of 2013, I found him dead of a heroin overdose in the bathroom of the home with his wife and two of his children asleep in the front part of the house. The week following was pretty intense at the house. And for the first time in my, at that point in time, five years, um, without having used a mind-altering substance, I uh, found myself contemplating using again. Um, I reached out to some friends of mine who were in the program, and within a few days, I had an interview at a place. Um, at a place called Knoxford House. Um, Oxford House is a network of uh, sober living homes. Um, it's been around since 1975. Um, there's over 2,100 homes, um, across the United States, uh, Hawaii. Um, there's some in Great Britain. Uh, there's even some in Australia and continental Africa. Um, and I moved into an Oxford house in Metairie. Um, and, you know, since I've been living here, a lot of people ask me, oh, you, you live in a halfway house. It's, it's not a halfway house. It's, a, it's very much a, what's called a sober living home. Um, there is no um, paid um, tech who lives on site. Um, the houses are independently run by the members of the houses themselves, uh, democratically. We all, um, we all pay an equal share and keep up all the expenses of the home. Um, and we have certain guidelines that we have to live by. We have to remain sober. We have to pay our, our weekly share of the expenses um we have to attend weekly meetings um and 
the the other great thing where Oxford houses differ from um, most halfway homes or three quarter homes is there's no time limit on how long a person can stay here. Um, I've been living in Oxford House for approximately about three and a half years now. Wow. Um, okay. And I'm, I'm actually, I'll be transitioning out um, this weekend. Um, All right. Where, where are you I, heading after this? I am actually moving in with my girlfriend and her two sons. Congratulations. Awesome. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's it's a big step. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and so very cool. since I've lived in Oxford House, I have lived in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven houses in two states. Um I was a chart, what they call a charter member in one, two, two homes. What's a, um, what is when a, a, what's a, yeah, I was going to say, what's a charter member? That's when a new house opens up. They take a, uh, a member from a pre existing house that knows like all the, the house positions and, and, how a house functions. So and that, this, this kind of started your, your idea and your path towards uh, doing some counseling and yourself and things. Okay. Um, well, uh, I mean, is that, is that, is that what maybe, is, is that what helped you with that? Or is that something you're still doing? Is it, you know, it is something I'm still doing. Um, it did kind of help with it. Um, I ended up at one point in time going to work for Oxford House um, as what they call an outreach worker. I went okay. to Tennessee. I was about to um, say, that was when you had left. I remember going to your going away thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, yeah. Um, I went to Tennessee. I opened up the first uh, ever uh, Oxford House in Knoxville, Tennessee. Very cool. Oxford House Rocky Top. And... You may be bursting a song any second, aren't you? I, I was thinking about it too. <laughs> I kind of let it go though. I was like, ah. Well, this, uh, this, this is. I, I, I don't mean to. I don't mean to, um, to to rush on any of this because this is this is this is an, a hell of a story, and I, I think it's a very inspiring story. Right. Uh, I, I think this is this is something that, in in one way or another. I think uh, a lot of people, no matter what it is, I think we all have our vices to a point. Mm -hmm. And I, I think um, I think there's this this Oxford House and and places like it. I think uh, uh, provide a, a very valuable service for a lot of people. I think uh, I, I think more people need to know about things like this. Um, and, 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 and to hear it from people that went through it, such as yourself, uh, because no one wants to hear somebody tell them how to be, how to live, what to do when they haven't gone through it themselves. No, that's a big, that's a big thing. You yeah, know? No it's true. That shit, you know, so it'd be like, you, you know, walk a mile in my shoes, you know, that sort of thing. But I mean, you've walked a couple miles, you've walked 10, 20, 30, 50 miles, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people haven't gone as far 
and, and, and done as well as you have, that they really need support from other people, uh, you know, of any kind, you know, and, and it's, 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 a, it's a tough situation when you have so many stressful things happen in your life and they, they, they tend to happen back to back. Uh, you can go so many different ways, but if you don't have a great support structure, you, you, there's so many people in this country that just fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. And uh, it sounds like uh, Oxford House and 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 uh, is definitely one of those places that people uh, should really consider, you know, checking out if if you feel this is this is time for a life change, a positive life change. This this may be a route for you, you know. Um, and and what you just said is also a great segue into what I'm currently doing now. Um, oh, awesome. That's after, why. I do, by the way. After um, I, I only worked for Oxford House uh, in that capacity for three months. I moved back to Louisiana, um, and I got certified as what's known as a peer support specialist. A peer support specialist is a person with lived experience in recovery. Um, it means that I'm, I have experienced trauma or be it addictions or um, psychiatric challenges or sexual trauma or whatever it is and have gained a certain level of recovery in my life and now I can use that recovery and um, kind of carry the torch to um, provide the light for others. Um, I, I work in that capacity as a certified peer support specialist um, on an assertive community treatment team um, in the behavioral health field. Um, We work with people who have psychiatric challenges um, where a person like myself who deals more, who has experience more with substance use challenges still benefits, still is a benefit for behavioral health unit is that 70% of the population with psychiatric challenges also have co-occurring substance use challenges. Recovery is recovery. Like you can, like my recovery is, I I can use my experience to um, help that person find their vision for recovery in their life so they can possibly improve the quality of their life and sure you know achieve the goals that they want to achieve in their life um i've even taken it another step farther um and i'm one of four people certified in the state to uh as an associate facilitator um that can train people to be uh, certified peer support specialists for the state. Well, that's awesome. That's definitely awesome. Yeah, that's very fucking cool, dude. So, what what's your goals for this year? Short term goals. What? Do, I know you're. Uh, you say you're moving out. 
You're you're moving in with the girlfriend. Uh, what's 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 on the horizon for uh, for you this year? Um. Most of the time, I take every day as it comes, um, okay. and and I don't plan too far ahead. Um, n- now that I am moving in uh, with my girlfriend and, and, and we're kind of starting a family, um, I know a lot of that's going to change. Sure. That's a huge um, step, man. That's really awesome, though. I mean, that's, yeah, that's going to be great for you, I think. And we're already we're already uh, you know formulating some some plans for some things to do and, and sweet places, places to go and um, uh, but as it stands right now my 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 one uh, goal is uh, um, for the for for the first time in a very long time I'm actually taking an extended vacation. <laughs> Nice. Even though I'm not going anywhere, you just need to be off. I'm just off. Yeah, yeah. Some, oh. Sometimes you need just to have a uh, uh, a mental vacation from from everything else, and that, that I think that's a great way of recharging and uh, and uh, resetting everything. Right now, I'd like to take about oh, I don't know, ten weeks of a mental vacation. <laughs> I'm mental vacation right now. Yeah, same here, dude. I was like, I'm ready to just like say, I'm done. <laughs> Leave me alone for a while. Maybe. You know, I I did have a um, I had this like bucket list of, of stuff that I wanted to do, but uh, between 2012 and 2015, like I, I knocked a bunch of stuff off. Well, that's uh, awesome. I got to see Iron Maiden play live. Yeah, great uh, show, dude. That's like probably one of the best uh, live acts ever. You know, I, I got to see King Diamond. Nice. Um, and not only did I get to see King Diamond, but he played Abigail from beginning to end. That was at the Civic, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to go to that show, man. Let's see. Um, so, so fuck you. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got to finally see Danzig. I'm a little bit of a Danzig freak. He's a good. He's a good performer. I saw him years and years ago when I was a kid. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I'm looking forward to the Body Count album that's coming out this Friday. I didn't hear anything but the one little snippet that they put on uh, Facebook, which it's, it was pretty good. Yeah, you, you never know when 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 uh, Ice T straps on the body count hat. What? Oh, okay. I was wondering where the strap on mouth. reference was going. Okay. No, not the strap on rum. Not oh, a strap okay. on. Yeah, yeah strap yeah. on the hat. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, like, but like snap on, snap on, snap yeah. on, snap on. We we'll go with on. that. Yeah, there you go. Snap no back hat. Anything. That's for sure. Nothing to do uh, with a strap on, dude. God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> the, the the other thing that I want to do probably within the next two years, um, and I'm I'm still trying to trying to get my uh, my girlfriend to find a way to be okay with this is a uh... strap on. No, <laughs> please edit that out. Uh, <laughs> 
um, is uh, I want to do a Halloween trip in Transylvania. Yes, my man. It's awesome. Like where you go through the countryside and then there's the big mask, ma- uh, mask ball in, uh, what is it, Snogoff Castle or something yes. like that. Yes, and there's there's a, a couple great trips to do like that. There a couple of different companies offer it. Uh, you can go through, uh, I mean, you're going through Budapest, you're going through Prague, and then you end up in Romania. And it's, it's, it's an amazing, you know, uh, you know it, it's an amazing trip. You need to do it. Rob? Yes. Why are you an expert on this? Because I have researched it, uh, and it's something that I'm actually planning on doing myself. I like this guy. <laughs> it's one of Rum's bucket list trips. I mean, this is, you know, I, there's, there's a lot to do. There's also a really great, um, uh, you can do the, the, the fantasy version, what I call it the fantasy version. Uh, you can go to the, the real, what they call the real vampire trip, or you can do the history of uh, Vlad Tepe's uh, the, the, from, from childhood to his demise. You can do that trip, which is really cool, too. So that's it's, the one I want. Yeah, that's a really cool trip, dude. Does the fantasy version include a midget in a white pantsuit? No, it does not, but you do get real plastic fangs and you can run a monk uh, run a muck through a village and grab people i do like the fantasy island uh <laughs> callback hey, though hey, that, boss. that was pretty awesome <laughs> hey we go to the transylvania it's boss. the plane no it's not the plane it's a bat it's a bat boss. <laughs> just bring wayne with you let's do it yes i'm a midget i'm gonna bring i want to bring adam because he grounds me he grounds you he grounds me. We're going to be in Romania. I'm going to be going crazy. And Adam's going to be looking at me going, no, don't do that. Because <laughs> Adam grounds me. I'm absolutely not going overseas with you because I can't afford to be arrested in another country. You don't have to. <laughs> just do it. Do it. Live, live life on the edge. Adam, he's trying to say that you're like the father figure of us bad children. Figure. You're just, you ground me, dude. You're like. You're, you're, Adam's my anchor. In a non weird way. Is that like a fat joke? No, it's not a fat joke. I'm Don't just be making fat jokes. <laughs> not a fat joke. It was. I'm being. I'm being serious. I got I'm, you. He's not singing Bette Midler songs right now. So. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't. I'm trying to think of something. You, guys, you got 400 pounds of guest on the other side of this line. <laughs> Jason, you can't. You're you're not 400 pounds, man. Dude, I went to the doctor the other day. I'm 393. That's no way, dude. You don't look like you're 400 pounds. You wear it well, I guess. Yeah, you do. You do. Thank you. Thank you. No Thank you very much. No you just have hefty shoulders. <laughs> hefty shoulders. I don't, that's that's. <laughs> what does that even mean? I, I don't know. Just it, run with it's it. It's a wrong <laughs> thing, dude. You never know. Hefty shoulders. You know. <sighs> At least he's not trying to make you wear a uh, a brown a brown diaper. <laughs> not a strap on. <laughs> uh, a brown what? The brown diaper. Remember you were talking about the us being sumo wrestlers. I don't remember this at all. Yeah. Okay. 
Maybe that's because someone else needs to join Oxford House. Yeah, rum. (laughs) (laughs) You're not called the rum guy for nothing. It just happens to be my middle name. (laughs) Right, motherfucker. I'm I'm sure our guest really appreciated you cracking that beer. (laughs) It wasn't a beer. Yeah, sure. It was a it was a pop, as they say in. It was the pop up north. It was the last remaining uh, copy of Tab. (laughs) (laughs) I do like me some Tab. You know, have you ever tried one of those lately? That means a different thing to me. Yeah, you're right. It does. (laughs) 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 That's pretty funny. A Tab in Jason's world is completely different from a soda. A strap one? No, it's not that. (laughs) We got got, got Adam with one word tonight. (laughs) It's a strap (laughs) one. Type the two words. Well, uh, it's hyphenated. Yeah. It's hyphenated. It's really not. <laughs> it, it can be. It can be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, no, it's no, it can't. God it damn can it. can be. I've done it. You done I'm, a strap on? I've yeah. Done I've done it hyphenated. Oh, okay. I'm sure you have. <laughs> Does that mean no, or was she involved? Ah. <sighs> Yeah, exactly. He doesn't want to answer that because you know, you know, she was the one using it. It was a fresca, if you have to know. A fresca, nice. Those are those are tasty. I do like a fresca. It's the only grapefruit soda. It is, and and it's 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 refreshing. It is. Fresca. Exactly. <laughs> I like I like the really scary fresca in the background. It was beautiful. Speaking of scary, not to get off topic because I know this has been a very serious episode, and I think uh, it has. Uh, I think it's been awesome. Um, speaking of scary, did, hey, has anybody seen the trailer for It? Yes. No. Oh, dude. Go look on my Facebook page, Jason, whenever you get a chance. Like, after we get off of this, go check it out. You have to see it. What? The It reboot. It looks pretty freaking incredible. Um, it's awesome. I hope it's not a bummer. And that's not meaning anything to do with a strap on. No, I hope it's doesn't <laughs> doesn't let us down. <laughs> but by it's It's okay, Wayne. <laughs> I understand where it's going. <laughs> but by it's oh, trailer. I, I think you killed Adam. I think we killed it. Yeah. Uh we but, killed it. but by the trailer, honestly, it looks incredible. Very, very cool. Yeah. Um there was that one that I saw, and then I actually watched. There's a there's a, a a comedy coming out called Bastards. Hmm. It's um, uh, Owen Wilson and Ed Helm. Ed Helm is the dude from like um, he's from the Hangover movies. Um, uh, they play these two brothers that their mother has lied to them their entire life about their father dying of um colon cancer uh-huh. which is really nice of a mom to do and uh one of the brothers even says in the trailer that he spent all of his life looking at assholes because he's a proctologist now because his dad died of colon cancer and he wanted to stop it but uh it looks like an actually really funny movie maybe you should check that trailer out too it's called bastards i'll definitely have to check it out if he's a proctologist, I bet he knows all about strap-ons. Probably. And it's probably a really shitty job. 
Speaking of trap ones and proctology, um, did you hear what Stephen Hawking's is going to do? Oh, no. <laughs> some with a black hole. <laughs> <laughs> There's some black hole thing coming out of this motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but there's going to be a black hole in this story. Go ahead. What What, what is he doing? Well, actually, uh, Stephen Hawking got a uh, an invitation mm-hmm. to go on to you know one of those tourist space launches. Wrong. Go up into space. Yeah. It's it's just Stephen Hawking. It's not Stephen Hawking's. I like to call him Hawking's because well, there's two the, of them. There's, there's two guys. So, speak in a robot chair <laughs> right anyway he got an invitation to go into space for women right? despite his limitations that's right does he i don't know does he do his thing he probably does like absolutely what, with people he had a he had a wife yeah who nurtured him while as he his body fell apart and well, he that was very nice of her and he left her for his maid who he was fucking despite the fact that he could barely move. What a dick. Well, anyway. Literally, what a dick. I mean, if, if... Well, anyway, he's going sorry. into space, supposedly. Stephen Hawking is going into space. I guess uh, some of the crew members are saying they don't want to go up with him. Like other he's people... Gonna die. Well, well, that's that's a thought. Misa but I mean, the, the, the argument is, you know, it was like, no one's going to be able to understand him on the intercom. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you know, you know he's going to get loose. He's going to be bumbling around up in space. He's going to be bumping in the shit. You know, and he's, Can you grab you know, that, Steven? Have, no. They're going to have to tie him down, you know, and then they're going to have to catch him. You know, he's going to do it more than one time, you know, he's because he wants the freedom. He's going to float around. And then, you know, they have to chase his pee bag. There's going to be a lot of things they're going to have to his do. pee bag. To, oh to contain Steven. And I, I just don't think it's a good idea. There's a lot more the man can do on the ground than he can up in space. Not really. <laughs> like drool, correct. Or, you know, maybe, you know, you know, do more, you know, black hole work. Black hole, son. Won't you come? <laughs> I think I that's terrible. I don't know. I didn't know he had a lady friend. Oh, dude, he's he like like Adam said, he was married for years, and uh, then like he said, he also left his wife for it's another woman. I just I just can't fathom that. There's a movie about that, right? Yeah. No, I don't. You know, I don't see movies. It's a very very good movie, actually. What's it called? Fuck, are, are movies John Cena to you? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? What was the name of the movie? It's called The Theory of Everything. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have watched that just by the title. It's good, though. I mean, it's no Lemonade Mouth, right? No, it's no Lemonade Mouth or M. Night Shalomon or <laughs> whatever, you know. Fuck the nice thing about the theory of everything is that you can crack a beer in the middle of it and nobody goes, oh, <laughs> <laughs> <It's a> fresco, <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> whatever. I don't, I don't need your judgment. So, Jason... Anyone who is listening out here on our show mm-hmm. that that would like some that that thinks they need some help or anything is there anywhere they can contact someone to uh get that is there any way you can like you know 
give some contact information for people to reach Oxford house. There's a couple of different, there's a, there, the best way to go, um, is oxfordvacancies.com. Um, it's our vacancy website. Um, when you go there, uh, you can search by state, uh, county and parish and whether you're looking for a ma- uh, male or a woman house, male or female house. Um, and, uh, it'll show how many, you know, the max capacity to house, how many vacancy vacancies they have. It'll give a phone number for the house itself. It'll also give a contact name and that contact names, um, phone number. Also, uh, they could go to oxfordhouse.org. Um, that is the Oxford house incorporated website. Um, as far as if somebody is possibly looking to get into treatment, um, you know, there, there are a number of great uh, places in the New Orleans area um, that I can name uh, off the top of my head. Of course, there's Bridge House, uh, Odyssey House, um, Arno, uh, not to be confused with... Uh, the animal shelter, it's addiction, uh, I think it's addiction rehabilitative, it's it's called Arno, but it's not the, the animal rescue of New Orleans. Or the bar. Uh, then there's uh, Acer, um, there's also Townsend, Responsibility House, Gateway, and those are a few in the New Orleans area. If somebody's seeking out temporary shelter, I know that, you know, there's the Salvation Army. I don't know the name of the homeless shelters other than the Ozanaman uh, on Camp Street. Okay. Uh, I know there's another one. And if you're you're a single female, you can come to my house and we can reenact Black Snake Moan. <laughs> Black Snake Moan? You're going to tie her up? Yeah. You're a naughty boy. I don't like the way you said that. Why? This is creepy. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> no problem. On a serious note, that's good information to have. Yeah, dude, seriously. Yeah, I'm glad you, you had a... I, dude, I didn't realize there was that many houses in the city. That's crazy. Yeah, um, the Metairie area has a total of um, 10 houses. Um, 10 Oxford houses. Oh wow! Um, two of which are female houses, um, and then in the New Orleans area, I believe there's another nine, with a tenth that's going to be opening very soon for women and children within the next month or two. That's fantastic, man. Very cool. Well, maybe that's something the uh, the government can get behind and 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 push forward for some more uh, financial help for these places too, because uh, I think they're, they're, they're definitely needed. Oh, fuck yeah. That's the, uh, that's the, that's the funny thing though. Um, in, in most other States, um, there is funding, um, through the state department of 
health and human services or whatever the case may be to help open up houses. Um, but in, in Louisiana, it's a little bit different. Um, all the, all the monies, uh, come from the houses themselves. Um, to self-funded they they raise yeah. their own <laughs> we we have fundraisers and different events um throughout the year uh we just had um our second annual um sober girl fundraiser um that uh we'll be having again next year it's going to be happening around mardi gras time hence the name sober girl um this year it was actually emceed by um, Wow Wayne and um, one of the guys from News with a Twist. Oh, okay. Um, and you know we we do different you know fundraisers throughout the year um, to kind of help raise funds to to open these houses as we go along. The, the the need is is always there. Um, the last I checked, you know, pretty much all of our houses were were almost full, um, but we never stopped taking applications. Uh, all the houses usually start waiting lists, and the minute a vacancy comes open, we start calling. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, dude. Um we really appreciate you coming on, man. And, uh, you know, we Thanks don't, we, yeah, man, we don't normally do like a, like a real serious show and stuff on it's, it's, it's kind of cool to have, a something a little different on the show. I mean, uh, Believe it or not, this was a serious show even towards the end. Yeah. Even, even if we do drop a, a strap on here and there or, or a dick joke or whatever, but that's, that's, that's who we are and that's how the show is. But, uh, it's really cool to have you on and, uh, to be able to get you, you know, to tell your story, man, uh, you've been through a lot of shit. And to to get to the point where you are is pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's very inspiring. Thanks a lot, guys. And, thank uh, you. And like I said, dude, thank you for coming on. And uh, hopefully, uh, maybe one time you can come on and tell dick jokes with us. Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Look forward to it. All right. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot, Jason. And uh, I'll uh, hit you up some um, uh, when it comes out. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. I was serious about the black slaves make moan. I know you were. <laughs> I was gonna ask how you get into the uh, into the lady house. <laughs> I was waiting for that too. Uh, and that was our guest, Mr. Jason Blackburn. Uh, thank you so much for joining us again, dude. That was really cool. And uh, um, like I said, next time you come on, uh, we can talk more loosely and get get a little funky. That'd be fun. More strap on, more strap on talk. And in all seriousness, you know, if you're if you're struggling with with addiction and with you know, mental illness, you know, the, the best thing for you is just to listen to our show. You know, every time you every time you're thinking about like snorting cocaine out of a hooker's pussy, you should really just turn on Mlog, and that's that's the, the that's the good shit. Actually, that's more like a catalyst, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I think I think true prevention, Adam. Is there's only one thing that's true prevention? No, you. That's, no, that's that's cranberry juice. <laughs> and that'll do it for the major. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
that, that, that is the end of our show. Uh, we thank everybody for joining us, uh, especially again. Thanks to Jason for joining us. That was really cool to have him come on. And, uh, you know, uh, stick around for the next one. There will be plenty of dick jokes, fucking, and everything else, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, that's what we do. And don't forget what to still vote. Or comment, not really a vote on uh, if you guys want to witness <laughs> Uber Gary and Mart Mad Mart Flanagan fucking on our 500th episode. That's just insane and gross, <laughs> and I'm a little disturbed. And and that's just no, no, don't vote for that. I just want to say that was the mastermind of our wonderful, wonderful Adam. Adam. What yeah. are you thinking? I'm thinking ratings. I'm thinking we can make history, you know. And history? You're gonna make a weird, you're gonna make an ugly man baby. Because you're a homophobe, and I believe love is love, and I think that is an ugly man baby waiting to happen. I think Mart and Gary would make beautiful fat babies. I think. I mean, come on, put them together. They're gonna, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a chubby baby with bad teeth. <laughs> you hear that guys huh rum is calling both of y'all out that's terrible <laughs> i think rum wants to get in on this this action too get on anything i'm i'm already no uh-uh, ain't getting rum's gonna be the referee between this sex wrestle no there's no <laughs> sex ref uh, no ain't happening gross he's gonna be the guy who uses the jelly no. Tweet at us if you want Rum to be the man who holds the microphone. There's no holding anything <laughs> in that scenario. Microphone. Yeah, definitely, definitely tweet us. That would be great. Gogurt ain't holding anything. Yes. You're going to be getting some Gogurt in the face if no, you stay that no, close. Gogurt. <laughs> no. Fucking. <laughs> but anyway. But anyway, uh, I was your host, Wayne. <laughs> I am the man that's going to convince Rum to hold the microphone. No, and I am the Rum guy, <laughs> stating no microphones will be held, no go-gurts, no nothing. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, to keep it metal! Yeah!